Hello, today is Monday, July 16th. It is currently 7.41 p.m. Eastern Time. I am Tyler Fenwick. You can follow me on Twitter at Ty underscore Fenwick. The other guy is Derek Devine. Follow him at Divine Identity. It's been a long time since we've done one of these, so I thought it would be appropriate if we just kind of updated on our lives. Even though uh, there are probably three people out there who care, it seems like the right thing to do. So Derek, what have you been up to? You know, Tyler, since we've last podcasted, I've gotten married. You got married. You went you went through with it then. We we did. Uh, sad to see you not there, but I know that life has changed for you a lot. I'm sure you'll talk about that coming up pretty soon here. Also, uh, P.S., you might have let's edit this out. Are you recording on Duncaster? Yeah. yeah you, says- you, you have audio bars? Because I have them for me, but not for you. Okay, I have them for me, but not for you. Perfect. So we'll roll. It says recording in progress, so I'm going to assume that it's rolling. All right, so I'll get back into it. Also, I may have some things on the horizon. I cannot share those, unfortunately, maybe in a later podcast. And last but not least, I got myself a puppy, Tyler, and it is the perfect decision. He's the perfect dog, and I love him. That's my update. How about you? Well, I just want to start off by saying... I had every intention of going to that wedding until I looked up where it is, and uh, it was it was a little farther than I think the old the old Jeep could have made it. So, understandable. I, yeah, I was. Oh man, I was looking forward to it. I probably should have looked it up a little earlier, but uh, you know that's totally my fault. What have I been up to though? Well, let's see. I'm living in Detroit now. Uh, I'm working with MLB.com, covering the Tigers, and occasionally you know whoever whatever other team comes into town. So covered like the, the Twins and the Rangers and the Angels. Got to experience the Otani fever up close and personal. That was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Nice. So living my best life, really. I think that's the best way to say it. I have a studio apartment with no central air and the windows in the room, they open out. They're very weird. They open out. So you can't put a window unit in there. However, mm-hmm. I could put one in my bathroom. So that's what I've done. And I have a fan set up in the hallway that blows out into the main room. So, you know, it, it gets the job done. Some days it's too hot and it can't keep up. But for the most part, you know, I turn it on at night and I can sleep comfortably. And I think that's the most important thing. That was my biggest worry coming in here. I've realized I'm talking a, an awful lot about air conditioning, but I think it's a sign of my life. That's, that's where my life has gotten to. I, talk about the weather a lot. Uh, I talk about my circumstances, whether they apply to anybody or not. So it's just Tyler, a bit about me. Let me, let me tell you something. Uh, you're, you're speaking about air conditioning and, and I really just think that air conditioners are so, so critical for, for mostly people in the South, but even some of us up here in the North, cause it can have, you can have some really, really hot days. And, and speaking of AC units, there is no better place and to travel to your local Home Depot or the one the town over. Don't sweat it. We have air conditioning units in store, free pickup in two hours. Shop now online at homedepot.com. Thank you, Derek. Thank you. So today, gosh, flip a coin. Are we going to be uh, diving into football or basketball to start with? Let me get a coin here. Uh, heads for basketball, tails for uh, football. Okay. It's flipped. It's going on my hand, and it is tails. By the way, this is a, a quarter, a Maryland quarter from the year 2000 is released. 
Uh, one, of my, one of my favorites. So football it is. Okay, good. That's kind of what I was hoping would happen. Football is uh, probably going to be sad again. I'm just going to get that out of the way. And there is no evidence that I'm going to point to other than the fact that we are just generally sad. And why would it change in 2018? I don't know. Do you have an answer? I will say that's a hot take, uh, but I think it's an honest take. And I think that is a different uh, perspective than a lot of people will give. Uh, But I think it's an honest one for the reason that last year, we didn't have the highest expectations. I mean, there were definitely times where if we talked long enough about things, we could convince ourselves that that Michigan maybe could have been a playoff team. Uh, Very quickly, uh, when things fell apart, we realized that not only is there no shot, but that it might be one of the worst seasons in the last five years, Uh, even even compared to to some of the Hoke years, just only because of the expectations and the talent that you know is on the Michigan roster. Now you can, you can say a lot of that had to do with a quarterback situation. Uh, and there's a lot of things that you can kind of throw into that basket uh, and use as the excuse. But I think it's a good, a good way to, to look at this new season. I'm not going to go with sad uh, and prepping to be sad, but I don't want to expect a whole lot until this team can literally come out week one, week two, week three, week four, week five, and then beyond in, in conference play as it gets tougher with Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Ohio State all on the schedule this year. I don't have many expectations until I see Michigan beating teams like they beat BYU and Northwestern years that they blanked them. Uh, and until I see that, uh, and I tell, until I don't see a meltdown at like an Iowa on the road, uh, I, I don't have many expectations, although I will say they do look like on paper – uh, that they could be a good team, but you never know. It's football. It's Jim Harbaugh. Uh, there's a lot of things we can't predict, but I'm hoping, obviously, for the most success possible. Am I thinking they're going to win a national championship in 2018? Probably not, uh, but, I mean, you've got to have a goal somewhere. I'd stick with a Big Ten championship to start. I think I think we're just going to say the same crap over and over again, which is defense is going to be really good. There's no doubt about that. Like if we were skeptical going into last season because of all the the turnover that was happening, that is erased this year. A great defense is returning most of its starters. No worries on that side of the ball. Offensively, I understand people are going to be really excited about Shea Patterson. I mean, frankly, I'm excited too. Uh, it's a great playmaker. It's going to be it's going to be a really I want to think of another word other than exciting. It's going to be a possibly exhilarating experience watching him play the quarterback position under Jim Harbaugh's tutelage. But you know what? What is that offense going to look like? Is it going to go from ten points a game to thirteen points a game? I know I'm exaggerating, but the you know the point being like that's just not a very good offense for the most part. It wasn't last year. The year before, you know, it honestly was. They just kind of crapped the bed in some really important moments and some really important games. I just I, I don't I don't see enough on that offense to make me think they're going to turn enough of a corner to do something really significant. People are going to be excited about you know Patterson, like I mentioned, but they're also going to be really excited about the wide receivers, and that's another place where I'm on board. At Tariq Black, Donovan Peoples Jones, Nico Collins, like that's going to be uh, you know a, a top receiving core in the Big Ten as long as everybody stays healthy. Running back, you're looking at some uh, some playmakers, definitely. McCron Higdon and 
and uh, Chris Evans, that's going to be another uh, a good one-two punch, just like it was last year. But I got to go to the offensive line, and this is where everybody ends their conversations when they talk about Michigan football. doesn't even matter if you're talking about offense, defense, special teams. It seems like everybody comes back to the offensive line because it's like that's the one thing that consistently holds them back. And is it gonna is it gonna happen again this year? Uh, it seems it seems most likely. Like that seems like the scenario that we're going to be talking about, uh, not only through at the end of the year, but like throughout the year. You know, I just I foresee situations where we're looking at uh, a twenty one seventeen win over a mediocre team, and we're like, oh yeah, you know, the offensive line like they did enough, but that was against Team X. And what happens when Team Y comes up down the road, like? Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, like these really good teams, that offensive line just isn't going to cut it. So I know that's a downer downer prediction there about the offensive line, but I mean, give me reason to think otherwise. Nobody really can. Yeah, one of the things that I think about and as I look into to my expectations for the season, and again, I hope I hope it's a great one, but the thing that we've really lacked is consistency. I mean, there's games where – Karan Higdon would rush for 200 yards and, and looked unstoppable. There were games where the offensive line did look good. Uh, there were a lot of quarterback injuries. And so you look at a guy like Shea Patterson or whoever else could possibly start, uh, I think everyone's leaning towards Shea Patterson. And I'd be surprised with the hype if Jim Harbaugh at least doesn't try it out uh, on the road against Notre Dame. But you've got to have consistency at quarterback. You've got to have health at quarterback. Guys obviously can't get injured. A lot of that has to do with how the offensive line protects and performs. Uh, young receivers, again, another area where, where guys have to stay healthy. Uh, tight ends, guys have to step up. And, and then and then I ultimately think that just as a piece and as a unit as a whole, I don't expect them to come out and, and score 50 points like they did in 2016 in a couple of games, uh, 78 points against Rutgers. I mean, you had a team that really could run it up for some reason that year. And you obviously lost playmakers uh, and some things changed. But really, overall, you had a lot of good pieces coming back on both sides of the ball. So I think that's the biggest reason last year is a disappointment because at some point, other than the, the injuries at quarterbacks and certain other things like offensive line, you really wondered, like, how could it have gotten so bad compared to the year before? And so I think naturally look at this year and think it's going to be better. But if you don't have that consistency and you can't show up on the biggest games and beat some of the biggest teams in the conference or even outside of the conference in Notre Dame, you're not going to have, one, a perfect season, and two, you might not end up in the postseason game that you wished you would have been in the beginning. And so I think consistency obviously has to be key all year. And for me, I don't care what unit outperforms what other units there are. As long as I can just see good football kind of all around, yes, uh, units will make mistakes. Yes, uh, players will have bad games. But as long as someone is picking up where, where someone else is leaving off uh, or the games where everything kind of comes together, which you hope would happen against, say, a Michigan State, uh, where it seemed like nothing could happen last year, uh, even though the, the, the weather was really, really bad. I mean, I'm just waiting for the game or the string of games uh, particularly rivalry games where you just know that Michigan not only put it all together on the same day, but the result showed it. Not a, not nearly escaping uh, overtime victory against Indiana, uh, not losing a, a hard fat by a hard fought battle to Wisconsin, which should have been closer than that twenty four to ten, but literally coming out 
and saying, wow, their defense is good. We knew they'd be good all year, but that offense is actually starting to turn some heads. And if Michigan can be midseason turning heads in offense, I think then we can start to have a different conversation about what opportunities they have in the postseason. For some of our younger listeners, there was a day when Michigan and Notre Dame played each other consistently. And we would look at that game as a measure it was a measuring stick game. You know, that's what everybody likes to call it. Well, those were usually happening second, third game of the year. Now we're looking at it right off the bat on the road, a night game. It's going to be definitely one of those games that people are talking about leading up to the season. It's already happening, even outside the two fan bases. How much stock are you going to put into that result? Uh, I think I'll put more stock into this result than last year's Florida result. And I can say that now, seeing what Florida became as the season went on. But even during the game, you could tell that, especially when Spate comes out and throws back-to-back pick sixes, both teams really kind of had a couple of areas where you could tell they were probably going to struggle as the rest of the season went on. For Michigan, you blamed it on youth and hoped that they picked up. And the second half, they seemed to come out and prove that they were the better team. Uh, And then ultimately, the same things that hurt them in the first half or earlier games in the season uh, and, and wins that should have been more dominant against Cincinnati and even Air Force I think you start to put the pieces together like, yeah, I mean, there, there are some things that aren't super great about this team. This year's game, however, I think Notre Dame's in a better place than they were last year, a team that showed a little bit but ultimately couldn't put it together at the end. Uh, and I think Michigan is going to be more legitimate than they were last year. And so I'll put much more stock into this game. Uh, again, it's not a neutral site, so this is actually going on the road. First week of the season when probably every part of you is not exactly ready to, to get going. Uh, and if you can be a, a longtime rival on the road, under the lights, in a hostile environment, I think I put way more stock into that than going down to, to Texas, uh, playing in, in a huge stadium and a neutral site. And a game that was probably a little bit overhyped uh, compared to what it should have been. I'm putting a lot of stock into this game. And it, it, it's not all about Notre Dame being a quality opponent. And it's, it's even more than going on the road. You know, everyone's going to talk about Jim Harbaugh's road record with Michigan and, and how he plays against better teams. But I think we can look at this through the lens of Notre Dame being a rival and evaluate it in that sense. Because at the end of the day, that's where Jim Harbaugh is getting hit the hardest and most frequent. Because he, he's not able to beat Ohio State, beat Michigan State once. What are you doing against your rivals? Now, I mean, you're adding a third rival to the schedule. This is either a, a great win or a terrible loss, you know, depending on the result. Because, you know, presumably you're, at, you're adding either another rivalry win or another loss. Loss, excuse me. As, to say rivalry and then add a loss at the end of that, for it's some hard. reason. For some reason, yeah. Hopefully we don't even have to say it much you know, knock on wood. But um, that's that's how I'm going to be looking at this game. You know, Notre Dame is a rival. Does Michigan go out and beat a rival? Notre Dame is obviously a good team, and this game is going to be in South Bend. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere. It's going to be a really tough way for some play- players to get acclimated to this uh, this level of the game. But, man, at the end of the day, Notre Dame's a rival, and you got to beat your rivals. And Jim Harbaugh's you got another chance to do that right off the bat. And if it works out, I'm going to feel much more optimistic about this season. If it doesn't work out, I'm going to be, I think, right back into midseason form of last year where I'm talking, talking some crazy nonsense. 
that maybe I regret later, but it's coming from a place of just pure frustration. So I'll be riding a roller coaster either way. There's no way that's the healthiest thing to do. You don't have to tell me that, but I think that's just the way it's going to happen. Do you sense that, and obviously I think we can both agree that what's more important for Jim Harbaugh's resume, uh, and you can have the Michigan State-Ohio State battle like many people have had in the past two years, but we won't have that battle today. But I would say obviously beating Ohio State and Michigan State is a bigger priority than beating Notre Dame, and maybe not a bigger priority, that's the wrong way to word it, a bigger deal than beating Notre Dame. Obviously, Notre Dame is, is a longtime rival. They've played plenty of times. I mean, that's my childhood. That's your childhood. We can remember plenty of games. Like you said, usually not the first game of the season, uh, usually somewhere uh, in the first few weeks, a couple of times uh, a little later than that. And then next year, obviously, much later than early season uh, when Notre Dame Fighting Irish come to the big house. But do you put less stock in the game and in the rivalry itself because of its absence in the last few years? I, I don't, but I feel like I'm in a minority, and I don't have a very strong opinion. So I'm, it's not something that I'm looking to pick a fight about with, with anybody. It's, it's really just about um, you know the fact that, like you said, like this was kind of our childhood and or you know a big part of our childhood. and getting it back, I'm not really thinking about, the, the years that were lost. And it's really, it's really just about the fact that, um, you know, Michigan Notre Dame is back on the schedule and I'm pretty happy about that. And it's another opportunity to beat a rival. So that's it. Yeah. I mean, rivalry renewed. I, I couldn't be more excited that this is one of the, uh, the more exciting matchups that, that again, I've remembered and, and that I look forward to. I remember when it was announced, might've even written or, or done an article uh, or podcast on it when when it was announced that this would be happening and it's finally here. I will say I believe the narrative will be if Michigan wins, great. I'm right with you and agree 100% that it means something. It's Jim Harbaugh beating a rival. There will be positive conversations. It will look good for his coaching resume, and I think it will relieve uh, some people at least momentarily or temporarily. But I do find the narrative to be most likely – Great. You beat Notre Dame. They were put back on the schedule. Obviously, this is a lot. means about history and, and tradition and beating a great program on the road. You do it again in 2019. Great. Even better, Michigan's beaten Notre Dame in back-to-back years, a good team by a good coach. However, if you don't beat Michigan State and Ohio State, I think this win means a lot if you win September 1st. I think it means a lot all the way until you get to Michigan State and Ohio State. If you lose either of those games, I'd go as far as saying, that win not only isn't as sweet, but it is a lot less important because I think, sadly, the reality is, rivalry game or not, people really only want to see Jim Harbaugh beat Michigan State, which he's obviously struggled, and Ohio State, who he can't seem to come up with an answer for, uh, even if games like 2016 uh, don't seem to go in the Wolverines' favor. And so I don't care about that narrative, and I don't care about that argument either. I just know that it will probably be short-lived if Michigan can't find a way to beat Michigan State uh, and definitely if they can't find a way to beat Ohio State. But at the end of the day, uh, a big win against Notre Dame is going to do a lot for Jim Harbaugh and then for this team's confidence moving forward in the 2018 season. Man, I, think that's a, I think that's a really good, well-reasoned take. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I think that's the way that most people will see it if it does come down to Michigan beating Notre Dame. And then losing, you know, God forbid, to 
Michigan State and Ohio State, but especially Ohio State. You know, we're going to look back at the Notre Dame win and be like, oh, that was cool. You know, got things going on in a good direction, but didn't beat Ohio State. And that's really the most important thing that you can do in any season of Michigan football. Like in any season of Michigan football, yeah. you know, we're going to remember, did you beat Ohio State? And then, you know, we'll, we'll have to think for a second, did you beat Michigan State? And then, well, you know, maybe I was going to say, then we'll have to think for a minute about Notre Dame, first game of the year, you know, it leaves a special impression. But you get the point, like that Ohio State game and that Michigan State game are more important. And so those results are going to impact the way that we look at Notre Dame, you know, five, six, seven weeks after it happens. So I think you're absolutely right. I, as a whole, uh, I feel like this is a season that can go a lot of ways. Uh, the The toughest thing for me, and just always thinking about Ohio State at the end of the schedule, you're exactly right when you say that that is the most important part of any season because in a down season where Michigan has no business uh, hanging around Ohio State, I can think of Devin Gardner's year uh, when they go for two at the end and, and fail to convert. Michigan had no business being in that game, winning that game, uh, and obviously don't find a way to do so. In a season where it looks like there's national championship hopes and you maybe flop at Iowa and it goes into to overtime and, and JT Barrett was short, uh, you don't find a way to win the game, kind of a season ruining or at least season altering. So no matter the case, the most frustrating part is Ohio State is always at the end of the schedule and always the bulk of the conversation in the preseason because you can literally go undefeated until running into Ohio State, lose to Ohio State, and with the way that the playoffs are now, with it only being four teams, there's virtually no way that you can make it into the playoff unless Ohio State had a bad season, didn't get the bid for the Big Ten championship game, say Michigan did, and then beat up on a, on a really good Wisconsin team or something along those lines. And so the, the dark reality is, is we live uh, as a fan base uh, and, and people involved directly with the program uh, of kind of only living in that shadow because the performances haven't been good. And that can flip in the next 20 years of Michigan can all of a sudden somehow start dominating Ohio State. But yeah, the reality is, is that's just at the end of the schedule. And no matter how perfect your season is until then, it can sadly be ruined in, in, in a 60-minute game. And that's just something that's always tough to, to swallow heading into the season. Derek, these last few minutes have been kind of dark. I think uh, you know, we both take it that direction. Can you end us on something light? So I will say I'm most excited about the quarterback battle. Uh, and the reason that I'm the most excited about it, not only because of, of, of Shea Patterson, who seems to be uh, elevated to a level that the others aren't, but more than anything, and especially with the new redshirt rule uh, where players can, can get more action, I'm just so excited to have some depth at a very, very important position. Uh, and that for me as a fan is, is almost just as fun as, as thinking about the first game is there's a legitimate shot for, for multiple guys to technically be able to be the quarterback. But I have less of a worry if something happens to somebody this year, because I feel like the guys behind them are in a better, uh, have a better ability to actually step up uh, and, and give Michigan something that maybe some guys last year, weren't able to. So I look forward to that. And then also side note, 
I just got a brand new personalized jersey. My wife's got a brand new personalized jersey. And when I visit the big house this fall, I'm super excited to, to break out those bad boys and cheer on some Michigan football. Is it something like cheesy or does it just say divine? Nope, it's divine and divine again and uh, both number five. Some people so, would say because so I love Jabril who Peppers. Got, who got divine again on the back of theirs? Both both say divine. That's both, a, both that's a joke. That's oh yeah, <laughs> my bad. I'm getting old, Tyler. I can't catch up. Divine oh, again. I get it. Hey, I I really I really appreciate the uh, the lighter note. I'm gonna sleep much better tonight. I, I hope so. Can... I I was worried about you early in the show. You're talking about being hot, and the and the worst thing about being overheated on a day like today in Michigan. Uh, is also feeling kind of dark and gloomy and depressed because of a, a tough podcast. So I'm glad that I could I could uh, uh, help you out there. And I hope that, honestly, if, if I run into you at a game uh, this fall, hopefully you can snap that picture of us. Are we snapping a picture picture together? Heck yeah, man. you got to okay. get a personalized jersey, though. Put Divine on yours. Divine again. Divine again. If I'll I pay get for a jersey, if you put my last name on your jersey, if I get one, I promise I'm putting divine again on it. I promise. Viral photo right there. <laughs> hey, thanks for checking us out on the Go Blue Crew. As I said at the beginning of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at ty underscore fenwick. You can follow Derek at divine identity. We both got a lot of new stuff going on, but it's good to be back in the old grind here on the Go Blue Crew. So thanks for uh, giving us a listen. Go Blue. Go Blue. <laughs>